What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland, for innovators everywhere, visit highland.com. Sevens. That's, that's the number tonight. The Phoenix Suns started a seven-game road trip. First stop. Dallas, Texas, against the the Mavericks, led by number seven, D7. And the Suns thwapped, smacked. They want them Diamondbacks. They kick their ass just straight up and down. And with that win, Matthew, that makes seven in a row for the Suns. Jeez, this is fun. This is fun. They <laughs> go down. <laughs> What a fun game that was, wasn't it? It's fun. It's like, oh, there's no Kyrie, but I don't care. Like, I, I just care. there was when we played them on Christmas. Yeah, I know. We didn't have fucking Booker or Beal or one of the two. Yeah, I got a Booker on my hat. I think. Oh, you, a, you have a Devin Booker on your hat. I have a Devin Booker on my man. I I just I just remember uh, Luca smiling all last game and then yeah. smiling in the first half this game and then second late second quarter was over. So. The tie turned. So for, for those of you who didn't watch the game and you're watching or listening to this at a later time, uh, and you come to the Suns Jam Session for your recap of what happened, uh, you're awesome. That's yeah. pretty cool. You're not waiting around you're for Sports awesome. Center or you're not going to like the Ringer NBA show. You're like, I got to hear what Void and Lissy got to say about this game. And it was, a, it was an interesting tale because it was a game in which the Dallas Mavericks were insane from beyond the arc in the first quarter. They, they made seven three-pointers in the first quarter. And although they were as much up by as much as 16 midway through the second quarter, you still, based on the recent uh, history of the Phoenix Suns, you go, you know what? If you're, if you're beating us by even 20 points late in the game, we have the firepower to come back. So with 8.06 left in the second quarter, the Phoenix Suns were trailing Dallas 48 to 32. They outscored them 100 to 61 the rest of the way, winning 132 to 109, starting the road trip off right. Seven game win streak matches the season long. And the nicer thing about this one versus the one that we saw earlier in the season with Devin Booker is the big threes all here. This, this is it. This it's happening. It's, all happening it's all coming together and you know what i'm i'm gonna be honest with you jamsters i really just thought they're gonna win this game just before the game started that's the first time in a while i've thought that i'm like yeah the suns are gonna win i'm like wait what i actually did think that i don't just say these things after they win i'm like oh yeah i thought they're gonna win it's like no i talked about it with the guy at work and i was like they're gonna win katie guarding lucas sometimes i can't wait to see it and that's what (laughs) happened so i manifested it i guess well Thank you for manifesting it, Matthew. And thank you again to everyone who's joining us, whether it's live or it's later or it's last week or it's next Tuesday. Good for you. And thank you. In the past. Make sure. Yeah. You never know. There's time travelers out there. They're doing their weird things. (laughs) But make sure you hit that thumbs up button if you happen to be on YouTube. Support the show that way. If you want to go by Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review, which means you click five stars, you write a review. We'll read it right here on the pod. We haven't read one. We haven't had one in 2024, Matt. It's crazy. You would think I, right now we would get some, right? You, you, the Sunday. Suns are streaking. People are watching. 
but no one's going over to the Apple podcast is hitting five stars and saying, shibba hoop blah that a tank top or a new bra? Like, no one's saying anything. Uh, I think December 7th is the last time we had a review. So it's a good way to just tell people that you like us. And if you don't like us, don't leave us a review. A review. Get the hell out of here, uh, please, and thank you. So that being said, it's time to pop into this podcast. But before I do, a reminder that if you go to phoenixfits.net and use promo code SUNSJAM10, you get 10% off some pretty fly gear. And as per usual, this is this is really helping our bank accounts, man, the seven-game winning streak. Because Biscuits and the Bears oh, in the chat, wow, $25. Now we won by 27, but it says two retro because they did – Missed uh, uh, a couple, I, I think one a couple ga- games ago when we went just by two. Uh, but best $25 I've ever spent. Nurk MVP, getting back at Williams from last Christmas game when Williams grabbed Booker. Yeah, there's so many great storylines here. So let's pop them if we got them, Suns fans. I know a lot of people are, it's just, it's fun to watch basketball games like this. Let's stop the show. Right, your Phoenix Suns go to Dallas, start their seven-game win streak off right, winning their seventh consecutive game, 132-109 against the Dallas Mavericks, which is kind of a rival, and I guess that brings me to my first question. Oi, Matty. Mate, I've got to ask. So the NBA is doing this thing right now. It's rival week, right? Like every game that you watch has some semblance of rivalry. They have uh, the Lakers are playing the Clippers last night, and I think the Kings and the Warriors. And the one that they put the Suns up against is the Dallas Mavericks. So that's the question I have to start off this whole hot podcast with you, Matthew, is with NBA Rivalry Week, are the Mavs the Suns' biggest rival at this moment in time in Suns history? Not in the totality, yeah, but right, okay. but right now. That's a really good question, and it was talked about at the office today, and I don't know if they are, just because the the Mavericks have beaten the Suns the last two times in the playoffs, and I think if the Suns win this year, if they do match up this year in the postseason, then and they can win that, maybe blow them out a couple games here or there, maybe sweep them, maybe win in five, then yeah, I think it's a rivalry. But right now, it's like one side. It's kind of like when the Cardinals thought it was a rivalry with the Cowboys, but the Cowboys always whipped that ass back in the day. But <laughs> The, the Suns need to win some, not during the regular season and the postseason. So right now, I would say, yeah, especially when you have the Booker and Luka yes. thing going on, that's a rivalry right there. But then also when you see Luka and KD like kind of laughing and stuff like that, I kind of like to see that as well. But I like the way that Booker and Luka hate each other on the court. Well, that's why I think that this answer right now has to be yes, is because of some of the things that you mentioned. But more importantly, there's key figures in a rivalry that make it a rivalry. Right, like Peyton Manning, Tom Brady. You don't go back and go, it was the Colts and the Patriots. No, it was Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. So when you look at the characters in this, you have Devin Booker, you have Luka Doncic, you have smiling Luka laughing his ass off, beating us in the game seven, two years to kick us out of the playoffs. So yeah, uh, that's always, and I know that that's going to pop up on Twitter as we whoop that ass tonight. They're going to remind us of that. And I, I already had somebody do that tonight. You know, they send me the kind of the, the Booker, 
uh, being looked up upon by Luca. And I just reply with my fat Luca face that I have. Like, that's just kind of like, you know, that's the past. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you also have the other subplot of Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, former teammates uh, with the Brooklyn Nets, who obviously late scratch tonight, no Kyrie Irving out with a thumb issue. But you have a lot of these different layers, and that's what makes a rivalry. So are they our biggest rival? I think Denver is probably more of a bigger rival for us, and, and maybe that's being yeah. a little grandiose because they are the NBA champions. But a couple seasons ago, in route to the NBA Finals, we swept them, Suns and four guy ruin that moment forever. And then last year they beat us in six games and we're the only team that could beat them last year in the playoffs of uh, two games. So I think that at least for me as a Suns fan, that is more of a rivalry because now they've won the chip and that's kind of the measuring stick, but that doesn't take away from the drama that comes when you play a team like the Dallas Mavericks and Luka Doncic and all the things that that entails and the frustration that we get in watching these kind of games, because for those of you who've listened and watched this podcast for quite some time, I've had my Luca rants in the past, and I don't know if I have the energy in me tonight to do it, but I will talk about how unbelievably unentertaining Luka Doncic is to, to watch play basketball, to see how he whines and bitches and moans. You know, he pushes off a Kogi on one play while then pushing off of Nurk, misses the layup, cries and holds the ball and is complaining. He's complaining at the end of the half because he twisted his ankle, so the refs are responsible for it. He talks to the officials more than he talks to his own teammates, Matthew. They need to get a room together, like him and the refs. And I think that this is a great question from Blaze Megatron in the chat. He goes, legit question. Do the refs hate the Mavs more than us? Luke, is Luca that much of a bitch? Well, it's funny because remember the interview you had with Rex Chapman on Brightside Night? He like loves he brought him. up, he brought up, he's like Luca reminds him of uh, Larry Bird, but also he's behind when it comes to the refs. Yes, he said Booker was that way, and we remember that. If Book was doing what Luca was doing tonight, where he's complaining at the end of the half, twisting his ankle and all that, and then you know just blaming it on them, and it's like no, you're you're gonna lose the game because you're wasting so much energy on the floor paying attention to the refs. That's one thing that Booker does not do. Yeah, he might wave his arms around once in a while, but he moves up to down the court with the refs, still plays defense. Luka doesn't do that, and it drives wow. his his fans crazy because every time I think about this Mavericks team and Luka, I'm like, how have they not won a championship or been to the finals? You know what I mean? Just because of how great of a player he is or could be, that's the most frustrating part, right? We had that with Aiton. We had that. It's like, this guy's so frustrating, but he was not as good as what Luca was, obviously. But there's just that frustration of like, are you going to try your hardest? Are you going to give it every night? And he does, but there's just different levels to his game because he is a superstar that he needs to figure out to go to that next level, to win a championship with this team. And it's like, okay, well, who is gonna, who's, who can they surround him with, right? They got Kyrie. I don't think it matters. I think that guy can win a title on his own. He's that good, like a Jokic, if he can figure that out. So mm -hmm. the refs can't stand him right now, man. Like they just, they absolutely can't. I don't think, I think last year Booker and the rest had a thing going on, but I don't see that too much this year. Like it's not as bad as it used to be. So he definitely figured that out, but Luca needs to figure that shit out. Yeah. And you know, Jamsters, I, I don't want to start the podcast just talking about how much I hate Luka Doncic. Uh, but that's what I'm going to do because there's so much positive stuff, and I wanted to get some of the negative stuff out of the way. But that's a, a lot of what you say is valid, and it's, again, unentertaining to watch. And I, I'm glad that you brought up the Rex Chapman interview because that was a big part of the interview. We were talking about modern NBA players and, and 
players in the past. And it was really a fun conversation that we had with sexy Rexy. And yeah, he said the one <laughs> thing that he needs to master is how he responds to officiating. And you saw it all night, the way that he's just walking up and down the court, talking to the, like he should be guarding a Kogi. Now, granted, you don't really need to guard a Kogi on offense. So I can, I guess I can give him a pass on that. But <laughs> yeah. at the same time, like he should be doing that. And I just couldn't imagine, like we do watch Devin Booker night in and night out. Devin Booker does have a reputation outside of the Phoenix fan base as a whiner uh, because of the way that he responds sometimes to officials. But I feel like he still stays engaged on the defensive end. And I feel a lot of that is from his time with Chris Paul. Because pre-Chris Paul, Devin Booker would whine and he would have lapses on defense. And it would drive us crazy. Think back five years ago, Suns fans. Devin Booker, fourth-year player, scoring a bunch, not getting some calls, complaining, complaining. And we're like, dude, just get back on D, man. Like, it sucks you don't get the calls. It, we're frustrated with you that you don't get the calls. But get back on D. Chris Paul, in the duration that he was here with Devin Booker, really assisted him and provided him guidance on how to manage himself and manage the officials. So... I feel like that is a factor. I also feel that the other factor is there's enough heavy lifting offensively around him this year that Devin Booker isn't relied on to do as much scoring as he needs to do. So he's not attempting as much, therefore not uh, putting himself in situations where he draws the fouls. Yeah, it's true. And I think even I brought up Jokic and I think Jokic is kind of the same way with the rest at time. And, but the thing is with Jokic, he gets, he gets thrown out so quickly. Like he, he, he <laughs> I will know, say the littlest so thing, right? arm he's like not even above his head it'll be like, like serbian and like the official doesn't know what he's saying so yeah, he's like, he's i, I like, guess he's gone bad. it, it has, has to be a bad word in serbia he has like a little dictionary or in his phone pulled he's out like, he's like we gotta know what this guy's saying google to hand google translate but dude like so luca yeah it's frustrating but i obviously as a son's fan you love it because you love to take him out of his game but if you just watch the game of basketball and you just want like hey these if you want these guys to be great and continue to be great in the nba and lead by example in a way that's where it kind of frustrates me. But obviously right now it's like, yeah, if you can frustrate Luca, if you can double team him, and he has no one else cutting or he can't find anybody, then yeah, that's great to take him out of his game and take him out of his game. I guess we did. He ended up scoring over 30 points. I know because I had a parlay tonight with Luka Doncic <laughs> to score over 30 points with Devin Booker to score over 30 points. Cool. Luke ended with 34 points with nine assists with eight rebounds eight of 12 from the free throw line, four of 11 from B from deep 11 of 24 from the field. And he, he walked away with the sun's loss. A big part of that is because of one Devin Booker. Big Dick Booker. All right, before I get into all of these stats, because Devin Booker had some fantastic stats tonight, I do want to give a shout out to one of the super chats on YouTube, Jamming on the Suns, $12.70. Uh, says lots of good Suns pods out there, but this one is the best. Speaking of the best, Suns tied for the best road record in the NBA right now at 12 and 7, thus the 1270. Thank you for that, Jamming on the Suns. Thank you for your support. And thank you for that nice statistic. I did not know that. I knew the Suns were good on the road. I didn't know, realize they were the best in the league now on the road. That might be something that I have to write about on brightsideofthesun.com. <laughs> Check it out. Devin Booker tonight. Oh, my Lanta. Uh, goes out to 46 points from Devin Booker in this game. 46. And here's what I love. You know me and my efficiency numbers, Matthew. 12, sorry, 17 of 23 from the field. 
23 points for 46 or 23 shot attempts for 46 points. He was six of 10 from beyond the arc, which ties a career high relative to made three pointers, seven rebounds, only three assists, two steals, six of eight from the free throw line. And it was that third quarter that he was absolutely uh, unstoppable, unbeatable. He comes out in the third quarter, the Suns, who ended up outscoring the Mavericks 43 to 20. If you didn't watch the game, just absorb that and think of what that must have been like for us to watch. Who did watch the game 43 to 20 in the third quarter. Dev Booker outscores the Mavericks by himself. 22 points on nine of 11 shooting. We will never forget. Matthew, Devin Booker tonight. Let's go. Dude, okay. And even Sarah Trances, nice to see Big Dick. Been, been a bit since we've seen Mr. It has, Book. It's but been what? If like you look back, four games. He had like he had a 40 yeah, piece 50, like four games ago. 52, then 26, then 16. I know, I know. I understand. We I mean, we're, we're used to we're used to just book back in the day, just being the man, right? But then you have Beal and you have Kevin Durant, who's Kevin Durant. We gotta let him score his 40 points two games in a row. I love Kevin Durant. Then books back. Like I wrote. I wrote in my notes with three in the third quarter with like about five minutes left. I'm like, oh, he's up to 29. And then all of a sudden, two minutes left. Like, I just wrote that saying, like, oh, he probably won't score anymore, right? They have the the 20, 25 point lead. I'm like, other guys will get involved, but no, it went up to 39 points. And then uh just continued after that. But I was just blown away by his play tonight, but mostly just 16 in the first half, dude. Like it doesn't seem like much, but the way that the the Suns' big three were playing, other than Book, it was kind of hard to watch, man. Like Beal wasn't as aggressive. KD didn't really have it going, which is fine. He scored forty two games in a row, but Booker just managed to get through that first half, right? I mean, they were only down by one at halftime, but he managed to get through the half, scoring sixteen. No one else was really helping him out. It was just a struggle, but it was efficient too. And like he slowed the game down. The defense picked up towards the end of the second. And he was able to get to the free throw line. So he's just so patient, man. Like he's so patient and he lets everyone have theirs. And he's like, oh, let me just go grab 10 points. Let me go grab a quick 12. Then all of a sudden he's back up to 40 points in this game. It's it's just unbelievable, man. What do you what do you think about Devin Booker? We talk about him a lot. I think well, yeah, I mean, he I wore my <laughs> Devin Booker shirt. Uh I think it was tag your it. And that's what's nice. fun about the Suns right now. Am I right? It's yeah. They're playing tag. Devin Booker, as you mentioned, goes for 52 points. And then it's like Kevin Durant's like, okay, I'll go get 40 and not go to the free throw line. And then I'll go for 43 and I'll hit a game winner, a double clutch game winner. And now Booker comes out and scores 46. And you know what Bradley Beal game is hiding in there somewhere. Or Bradley Beal's just completely content being like, yo, I'm going to go for a very quiet 20 points, seven rebounds, seven assists. But you're having this tag. And it, it reminded me, that once upon a time, think about how it once was book goes boom. And even then we might not win the game, you know, thinking all the way back to Booker scored 70 points against the Celtics. Suns lose by 15 or whatever the final score was, but it used to be all Booker and entering that fourth quarter, the Suns are or some way somewhere during the third quarter, the Suns are up 21 points. Katie only has 10. Because Book's cooking. It's his turn to cook. And that's what makes this exciting, fun, everything that we talked about over the summer, when all the transactions occurred, when Bradley Beal came to the team, we're like, okay, I just can't wait to see a stretch where this team starts to put it together. And we're amidst that stretch. And you have to appreciate that because this is a tough road trip. The front end of this, this road trip is tough. We play in Indiana on Friday, but I'm pretty sure that's a game in which Indiana is not going to have Tyrese Halliburton again. 
Uh, he's going to be out again with the hamstring. Then we got a couple more, you know, like Miami, Orlando, and then the back end of this road trip's real easy. But the Dallas one is one that really means a lot because of the standings and the way that everything kind of shapes out. And, and because of the rivalry week, you know, the rivalry between Luke and Devin Booker and Devin Booker on the road, again, 17 of 23 from the field. He was just hitting everything. high, low, transition. There's a transition three where he, he, he stops, he waits for the defender to go by him, and he just, and everything was pure. Minus one three-pointer. There's one three-pointer he shot where it's like, bounce, think about it, go around the rim. And then I, <laughs> yeah. Like, until then. It was just a masterclass, and it's. I almost get. I'm becoming almost numb to that word, and I'm okay with this because I've been saying it over the last. Yes, Kevin Durant. Like that was a yeah. masterclass. Well, that was a good. This was a mid-range masterclass from Devin Booker, and a fantastic game overall. Forty-six points on twenty-three total shots. You just you have to love and appreciate that, especially being on the road against Dallas in front of those fans. Hearing those fans shut the fuck up. Yeah, was beautiful. The sound of silence, my friend. Yeah, the, the way the Mavs are too, when you get up on them like that and books just like going around screens, there's no one there. It's just that's yes. the way the Mavs are. They give up so easily. And like even in subreddit, they talk about it. They're like, oh, here's that bipolar team. <laughs> there they are. There they are. I didn't believe in them. And it's funny because I didn't believe in them either. Like in the past, like I would like beginning of the season, of course, but even like last year, I'd be like, man, like there's no way the Suns can come back down 20 with Luka just cooking, right? He's going to finish them off. They're not going to have a game plan to stop him, but they make some adjustments. I mean, you can't really Bingo. stop Luka. Make some adjustments, and they're back in it that quickly. It's so weird how things have changed where Vogel really, like, I know you're, you're down by 16, you're down by 17, but you just wait for those adjustments to happen, and you wait for something little to spark them, like a Nurkic maybe pushing Alan Williams or whatever the fucking name is Gr- on the ground. Grant. <laughs> Grant Williams. That's what Alan it is. That, that, like, that's what the Suns Sorry. are doing right now. It's like, listen, we're losing. Okay, go get in a scuffle. Exactly. And a scuffle happens and the Suns like. Yeah, it took a little bit longer it, this time. It's like but Mario eating that. the mushroom. They're like. Doo-doo-doo-doo. Exactly. Like, all of them. All of them. And the it's whole- uh, the whole team, man. And then the Phoenix fans at home are actually standing up cheering. You know, they couldn't Don't hear them. You know what I did notice? The, the Dallas Arena, whatever it's called, the Who Gives a Fuck Center. Uh, doesn't pipe in the music like the Suns do. Uh, I heard they like, got to stop. That's, that's the one. You know the Suns and Four guy. I love that guy. I love everything about it. I still do, but the piped in noise has to go. It's got to go. It's got to go. No, I'm I'm with Saul uh, in the chat. You know, again, we see the chat popping off. We appreciate you guys hanging out with us. Uh, it says loved him showing up on national TV. I mean, so I was watching the broadcast on the local, the, the news channel three, uh, Arizona's family. And I popped over to ESPN right at right around the end of the third quarter just to hear. And like all I hear is Doris Burke, like making excuses for Luka Doncic, just feeling sorry for him. And then that's when Devin Booker did the whole like "Ah," thing at the camera, which I I was like, I caught that moment. I'm like, okay, I'm going back. Like the the fourth quarter started, the the Mavericks started on 10-4 run. I just went right back to AZ family three. I'm like, okay, I'm just. I'm headed back there. Perfect timing. I didn't see that till after the game. That was great. But <laughs> it was so it. good. But again, the way that I, I, you hit on something, and it's been quite some time since we've played this drop, but I think that it it does bear uh, a little a little celebration for the adjustments that Frank Vogel's made. Yes, 
the worst drop in the history of drops. Oh, my God. It's been a while. The backup singers just kills me. The backup John Voidis singer just coming in. (laughs) Oh, man. Metal Mike, who has a fork for my ears and eyes. Yeah. Uh, But Frank Vogel, I think that, you know, again, it's something that the adjustments that have been made, obviously the players make them on the court, but the the coaching staff has to put them in a, in a position to be successful. And we were on this podcast right around Christmas, right? Christmas was kind of the last straw. Now, granted, the Suns I now are, what, 13-3 and three since Christmas? Since the great Christmas Day massacre at the hands of Luka Doncic. And when we gave up 50 to, Don- to, to Luka Donkey, right? And we were questioning the ability for Frank Vogel to simply adjust. And it felt very Monty Williams-ish. It's like, why is he playing certain guys, this, that, the other? Over these runs, he has made micro-adjustments, and the team has executed those adjustments. The 22-point comeback against the Kings. The 23-point point comeback against the Bulls. And the adjustment made tonight in that second quarter where the Suns in the first quarter pretty much said, you know what, we're going to try to focus in on Luka Doncic and take him away. And when they did that, they left the perimeter wide open. And the Mavericks went seven of nine, or I'm sorry, I looked at the seven of 10 from beyond the arc, 70% shooting in the first quarter and 65%, 13 of 20 from the field. So they came out and really just worked the Suns by utilizing that perimeter. Well, the second quarter, things started to, those averages kind of came back down to earth. It's because the Suns, instead of dropping on screens, they put a Kogi primarily on on Luka Doncic and had him play straight up and go, if Luka Doncic beats you, he beats you, but we're not going to give up so many wide-open shots, especially corner shots to Tim Hardaway Jr. I remember that on Christmas. I'm like, don't leave Tim Hardaway Jr. open in the corner. The guy's going to fucking make it every time. That second quarter, the Mavericks go 4 of 12 from beyond the arc for 33%. The third quarter, Holy Toledo, 2 of 12, 16.7%. And the fourth quarter is a little diluted because the the backups came in. They went four of nine from beyond the arc. But that's the adjustment. It was the perimeter, the focus on perimeter defense. And it's a challenge that the Suns have had early in the season, perimeter defense. And it's something that during this win streak has literally changed games because of their not only willingness to do it, but a, a effectiveness in doing so. Yeah, no, that that's a great take. And I honestly think that maybe the Mavericks just missed shots. I don't know. I'm just kind of that's like, part of it. That's <laughs> part of it. They couldn't get hot. There were, yeah. Uh, some just missed shots there, but I think um, even extending KBD's minutes in the second quarter where it's like, you know, Yudo came in for a little bit and then KBD was in there and he was still in there and he was still in there. It was like, you know what? That was kind of nice. Cause the way that KBD was like to start when he first came in, he was just slumping shoulders. Boneheaded. I tweeted it. I'm like, get that guy out of here, man. Yeah. I feel like when he stayed in there, though, he kind of like picked himself back up a little bit. So I kind of like that. I like how Yuta was just taking right out. But then J.O., obviously, him just making it more difficult on Luka. His type of game, kind of, man, just like because the Mavericks are big. They're kind of slower. And then like Kogi can kind of just be like that little pest just around them and making shit happen. So that's what happened, dude. And I think the big three. They started to take over. I know that um, Booker, obviously, like I mentioned before, started to get a little hot. But that defense just led a better offense, and that's their thing, dude. It's always them just being bigger than the other team in moments and just playing great defense. And it was good perimeter defense. It really was. But I'm always just so used to, like, when the Mavericks start out hot, they just 
finish a game that way, right? And they're still yeah. just making threes in our, in our faces. But obviously that wasn't the case. So thank God. Well, that's the post-traumatic 2022 disorder. That's what that is because that's what happened in that yeah. series. That's what's changed that series is those shots. Every one of them felt like the, the, you look at the statistics on what the Mavericks did from beyond the arc in those final two or three games against the Suns in the playoffs that year. And it was just unbelievable that it was that sustainable. Uh, it was Reggie Bullock hitting them. It was Dorian Finney-Smith. Uh, yeah. who, who I guess is going to be worth what, like two first round <laughs> two picks. First round picks? Yeah. That's what the nets want for him. It's like, it was two well, first round picks. He's like one to 15 from beyond the arc in his last three games. It's like Lakers will get him. Watch. I can see that the Lakers are definitely going to shake something up because the Lakers always shake something up and somehow it works in their benefit. Cause the rest of the league's like, listen, we'll bail you out, bro. Like you give us, uh, a, just like a, a, a lunch pail, uh, some Doritos in there. Maybe a lemonade, not a tea. I don't want an Arnold Palmer. <laughs> um, and we'll give you a, a guy who can help you in the playoffs. He's long. He's athletic. He's a wing. He, you know. I know. And he'll have like two or three good games, and everyone will think that he's the next coming of Rui Hachimura. Remember that at the beginning of everything? The Lakers are going back to the NBA Finals. Yeah. Uh, Western Conference Finals because they have Rui Hachimura. I'm like, you guys are, do you guys hear the fucking words? It's it? just crazy how those role players just always turn into superstars so quickly. I do want to talk about KBD because you do bring up a good point. You're down with KBD. You're down with KBD. Who's down with KBD? I do like that in that drop. I've got him blocking Luka Doncic from the last time we played them. Uh, Love it. Kata Bistiop, only 15 minutes played tonight, but he had 11 points and two rebounds and one assist. He was five of seven from the field. And if you would ask me before... Uh, I said those stats, what his stats were, I would have thought he had like th- five points maybe. I didn't realize he ended with 11. But it was his impact, and, and it's like you said, when he first came in the game, he was very stale. And I had tweeted out, I'm like, get this guy out of here. He's got he's got zero yeah. uh, basketball IQ right now. He's turning the ball over. He's not getting back on defense. As you mentioned, Kevin Durant's yelling at him, which brings you back to when Devin Booker was yelling at, uh, uh, at Chemetsi Metu for like not getting back on defense. And it's that semblance of accountability that Kevin Durant had on him. And that was kind of a turning moment, you know? So he played a couple minutes in the first quarter, uh, played a ton in that second quarter, uh, 648. And then in the third quarter, you know, he had another three minutes played. So that that's how he got his 15 minutes. Oh, he, yeah. So 12 minutes in the first three quarters. The longer he was in, the more comfortable he got. And I just wish that... We could have that, and this—that's why he's a role player. That's why he's on a veteran minimum deal. But you wish that he had that sen- sense of comfortability when he entered a game, instead of needing so much time to work himself into it. Because I haven't seen a player who looked unbelievably lost for the first five minutes that he played, and then the next ten minutes he was productive on offense, closing out on defense, and hitting his defensive switch rotations, which was vital to that perimeter defense that I mentioned earlier. It's the performance of Keita Bates-Diop who assisted in that, deterred some shots from beyond the arc, and just made it less available from beyond the arc for the opposing team. So that's where, kind of like with Yuta Watanabe, you want the same thing. You want him to get in there so he can kind of get a chance to get motored up. Uh, Keita Bates-Diop is getting a little bit more of a longer leash, if you will, and and it paid off for the Suns tonight. Yeah, I think so too. I, I think just the way he was so down and, you know, guys like him, like they've had their, you know, their promising little like stretches here or there to start the season. But 
I just I think he needs more time on the court. Like seeing it tonight, it was like the Suns could do it because of the comeback. Obviously, they they let him stay in, but he just he needs to come in and be that spark right away. But maybe he doesn't. Maybe he needs a little bit more time to come in. But he has to, dude. Like get to the rim. He has to do something, man. Be aggressive or something, man. Because we've seen that. And I know I bring it up all the time, but it drives me fucking crazy. It's just. The guy like that dude can get down on himself so quickly. And it's, it's, I don't know what it is. Maybe it is because you don't want to mess up and you don't want Katie to yell at you. Maybe that's something, but you can just see it all over him, dude. So he needs to find some kind of like hype inside of him just to pump himself up, dude, before coming in the games. Cause there's potential there. And it's just frustrating because you have guys like Yuta and Eubanks that come in and they're just, what the fuck, right? Eubanks, the two games ago, looked fucking great, right? Like, he just yeah. had the 10 games and he changed he had like the six fucking... points in a minute or something. Yeah, he changed the tide. But it took freaking Drummond to, like, drive it out of him. It's like, no, just come in and be that guy. But I don't know what it is. I don't know how these guys get to that point because there is potential. I know they're probably going to make a trade, but there is potential with these guys. They just have to find that confidence. That's the frustrating part. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. I know what the answer is, and I think it's simpler than we all think. They just need Yusuf Nurkic to walk up to them, kind of lower his eye, and just slap him across the face. Just they're like, oh shit, you know, it's like Fight Club. He doesn't tell anyone what yeah. he's doing, and you can't yeah. tell anyone that you're telling anyone what he's doing. And that maybe that'll just get them engaged because Nurkic tonight looked like he was going to beat the shit out of some guys. Nurkic's definition make them boys go crazy. Oh. So remember that time, and I hate to do this, but I'm going to do it. Remember that time when, like, Devin Booker got fouled really hard and then, like, DeAndre Ayton came over and just, like, tripped over a player against the Lakers? Remember that? Who pushed him? I do. Uh, probably some guard. Wasn't it some guard? It was. No uh, one was scared of DA, though. Well, that's what it was. He ran over there, and once he ran over there, he didn't know what to do. And so he just kind of stopped, yeah. and then somebody yeah. pushed him. God, who was it? I know one of the Jamsters will remember that. It was like Thanksgiving time. Is it Patrick Beverly? It was Pat Bev. It was Pat Bev. Yeah, it was, right? Yeah. 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 And Crazy Luigi popped in the chat too. Patrick Beverly? Yes. Mm-hmm. Tonight, Kevin Durant gets fouled by Grant Williams, right? And take you back to that Christmas massacre that was very unmerry. And, you know, he, he got into it with Booker. And so he gets into it a little bit with KD, and, and it wasn't really him getting into it, but he fouled KD, KD fell down, and Grant Williams is starting to walk over KD, looking the other way. He's like bitching to the ref, because that's what the Mavs do. Uh, he's bitching to the ref, and he's walking over KD. And the moment that that happens, fucking Nurk comes and just shoves him. And I was just like, oh, yes, let's go. you know. And, and, you know, and then KD gets up, and they're just talking shit to each other. A little bit later in the game, third quarter, I believe, yeah, Nurkic backs down Grant Williams. Grant Williams flops. No, no call on that. Clearly flops. Uh, so Nurkic just lays it in, and then he kind of looks down at him, side eyes, like the same eyes I wanted him to look at right before he slaps KBD to get him <laughs> engaged. 
And then he just kind of starts to walk away because he knows he's already got a tech due to the previous altercation. So he needs to walk away from it. And Grant Williams gets up and loses his fucking mind. He gets tossed from the game. It was just, it was, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. It was the best. And the best part is like when he was looking at him on the ground, someone stepped in his way and he like turned his head. Yeah. He's like, he peeked his head around. He's like, hey, I'm still looking at you. I'm surprised he didn't get a tech after that. I'm surprised he's too. too small. Um, like um, when he defended Kevin Durant right there, that's, just take the repercussions. I don't care. Like, I love the shit that he does. Obviously, every time I have Suns Geek on the pod, we talk about how awesome he is on social media and just yeah. how good of a teammate he is, man. It's, just, it's constant. It's on the court. It's off the court. I it feel like you're going to have something on, published on Brightside about this in the next yeah. 24 hours. Yeah, just a little thing, just a recap. I, I put, you know, Suns are on a seven-game win streak, and Nurkic is definitely my favorite Suns player right now, just all around. Like, obviously, I love KD. I love Booker. But all around, I love Nurk because he's been there the whole time, right? He's put up with everything. He's put in the hard work. He's gotten the Suns to this point, right? There was no question, really, since he started the season of him being our starting center, except for I did like Eubanks a little bit there. There was a little bit of a question for me. But mostly – I remember that 20 minutes. Yeah, I know, I know. I know. I can't, (laughs) yeah. God, why do I do that stuff? But he's been very consistent, obviously. I like to use that word everyone does. But he has been, and he hasn't been hurt, and I'll cross my fingers – but he's always stood up for his teammates, and that's always a big thing. Like, we have to have those guys. We have to have, like you said, the fuck shit up guys. Yes. Sometimes when he enters the game, I mean, to start the game against the Mavs, like teams do this all the time against them, where they just go at him at the rim and get these layups, these dunks, just hitting these shots in the paint all over Nurk. But it kind of subsides, and you're like, okay, like it's kind of like, well, how are we gonna start, are we gonna start out games like this all the time with guys going to the paint and doing this shit? But he does so much other things on the court to really help this team out and. He's just been Nurk's a great connector center. Yeah, he is. And yeah. that was there was a question too on Twitter. Metal Mike said that. There's a question on Twitter about what's your favorite part about Nurk? And I put his passing. It just yeah. is. And that's the one thing he wanted to nail down with this team because he knows the stars around him. If he can just know their moves, know their know their like hesitations, wh- whether they're gonna go to the rim or not. If he can figure that out, he can definitely be the connector. And he has been. John Tran loves fucking uh yusuf nurkic name <laughs> the connector the, the connector that's <laughs> it's good it's good john that's I really good that's really good. I, I i appreciate that yeah he very valuable to this team i love i just i honestly think that he loves kevin durant he like, does he truly does like don't fuck with kevin durant or yusuf nurkic is gonna he wears kd's 16s all the time like he wears kevin durant shoes when he's playing all the time. He loves Kevin Durant. Yeah. <laughs> Yusuf Nurkic is like me if I was like seven feet in Bosnia and just be out there like fanboying over KD all the time, loving to <laughs> yes. have a front row seat to watching Kevin Durant just carve opposing teams up. And if you touch him, I'm going to fucking kill you. And like that's what Nurkic did. It was fantastic. Uh, and they're, they're, I, I like what Sarah says in the chat. She's like, Nurk is a temperamental teenage boy. He needs to chill a little. Yeah, he needs to chill a little. But I do think that we need some of that edge. This is a finesse team. You look around, Devin Booker's finesse. Kevin Durant's clearly finesse. Bradley Beal has some physicality to him, but I prefer him being finesse because physicality can equate to him being hurt. So you need to have a little physicality to your game and to your roster, and Yusuf Nurkic brings that. You go down the stat line, 21 minutes played because he was in foul trouble. He had eight points. He had five rebounds. He had three assists. He had two steals. I don't care. I don't look at the box score when I look at Nurkic. I'm not like, 
It's not like eight and watch for five fucking years that we did that. Where you're sitting, or it'd be like this, and be like fucking eight and watch. Here we go. Oh, eight and this watch. This is the way I was started all the time. Never just like that. He had like 20 rebounds in a game, and I came on the podcast and I had like a five minute yeah. rant about because we lost that game. <laughs> did Might you see what he said? Mavericks. Oh God, yeah. What? But what, then he put up like 18 and 17 you? tonight. But did then it's really? like. He did, but it, the thing is, like, he's never gonna keep that up, and that's the thing. That's no, what's so frustrating, right? Yeah. So, the the he is some something's wrong with the dude, but it's fine. He's living a good yeah, life. For, for so. those who don't know, Dave, uh, DeAndre said something along the lines like, "I don't need to prove anything to anybody. I'm a max center. I'm going to continue to be a max center," which just isn't what you say, I guess. So, uh, just frustrated with him. But and, and obviously, whenever you talk Nurk, you're going to have that connection to, to Aiton on what we dealt with and what we felt with last year. And I just, I love what Nurkic brings and he got Grant Williams ejected. And here's the best part about yes. getting Grant Williams ejected is Grant Williams is, as some people say, a fake tough guy, right? He reminds me kind of like a Dylan Brooks kind of guy. Mm -hmm. The difference between Dylan Brooks and Grant Williams is Grant Williams is tasked with guarding larger players like Nurkic. Uh, that's why on the flop play, he was on Nurkic. The, the challenge with a player like Grant Williams, like Dylan Brooks, like Patrick Beverly, the reason that I don't like those players is they're dangerous. And this was one of those games you could feel with the physicality was starting to happen that if a player like him is allowed to stay in the game, he could hurt one of our players. I honestly believe that. <laughs> Not intentionally, but he's going to do something dumb that's going to cause somebody to slip. And then, you know, you lose X player for X amount of games. And it's all because Grant Williams is being a jackass. What's funny about the Mavericks in this game, and I find it funny because as them being an opposing team, is they were trying so hard to get into the Suns' heads. The chirping, the bitching, the moaning. They tried so hard to get in the Suns' heads that they got in their own heads. And they completely took themselves out of it, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, they did. And the best thing about the Suns team right now is, of course, they had the big three to back it up so they can talk shit. But they never go as far as, like, we're going to lose the game because of this fuck-up, right? Grant Williams, if I'm a Mavs fan, I'm like, dude, you got to chill out because you don't want to wake the beast. And that's what happened. And it keeps happening almost every other game with these guys, with these opponents. So keep doing it to the Suns, obviously. But I love how the Suns have control over just that craziness they have inside of them. They let it out a little bit but then they can hold it back just enough to where they don't get ejected or change the course of the game. At least not yet. I know in the beginning of the season, it was a little fragile. You had to pull out the wins by one or two points. You didn't want to give them any texts or anything like that. Yeah. But now it's like, you can kind of be a little bit more free because we're winning games by 20 or 30 points now. Yeah. It's, it's nice. Uh, unfortunately, there's a couple games in there where we have to come back all the way down from like 20 to 23. And I'm, I'm <laughs> glad that we didn't have to go through that experience. I mean, granted, we were down 16 in the second quarter, as I mentioned, eight minutes left in the second quarter. Yeah. But much akin to yourself, I was like, yeah, I'm not worried about this because I know that Kevin Durant can go into assassin mode and Devin Booker can score 52 points if you need him to. And Bradley Beal, and we, have, we haven't really talked about him, and we will right now, but Bradley Beal is going to do the Bradley Beal things that help you win basketball games. I might click the drop. And she said, you're not the only one, but you're the best Bradley Beal. Beal tonight, 36 minutes played, 8 of 15 from the field, 3 of 7 from beyond the arc, 20 points, 7 assists, 7 rebounds, a block, a steal, doing a lot of those little things as a tertiary player to help your team win. Now, granted, not necessarily what you would call quote-unquote tertiary tonight. He had the second most points on the team. Kevin Durant only ended with 12, but he had 10 rebounds and 7 assists. But he's making winning plays. He's the one. 
Bradley Beal's got to love being on this team right now because one, he is so wide open. How open has Bradley Beal on, been on some of these three-point attempts? And the lanes are so open for him because he's not initiating the offense. He is coming off of either a back screen or after the Suns have started an action and come off a screen and then the the defense decides to blitz that, he's the one who's going to get the ball one-on-one and just smoke a guy. Yeah, yeah, and uh, be aggressive. Be, be aggressive, all right? Be That's as good as I get right there. Yeah, yeah, you know what? Veal just needs to be more aggressive. If if you didn't hear me before, he needs to be more aggressive. And okay. I'll say it again. Okay. I'll say it over and over again. Because he passive? Never, never, oh, never be aggressive. Never pass up the open lane to a three point shooter, even if it's Grayson Allen. I don't care. You got to get hot. You got to start making your shots. There wasn't the first. He was open on the elbow. Pass it out. Like he's done this a few times where he grabs the board. The offensive rebound, he's wide open. Unless he just can't make those shots, right open next to the hoop, about 15 feet away, and he can't. He just passes it out. I'm like, dude, be aggressive, man. Right? Be aggressive. Yeah. Be, be aggressive. <laughs> be aggressive. Be yeah. be aggressive. Uh, we did get a Utah Watanabe sighting. Yes. And I stop it right there because that's how long he was in the game. He was. <laughs> It was bad too. I feel so bad. He was on the wrong side of the court. He um, on defense. No, on offense. Like he well, was. He, he didn't know where to go. He, he set had a screen for no twi- reason. Twice he got the ball, and he could have just shot it. And he did the Damian Lee. Yeah. Where, when Damian Lee lost confidence last year, instead of shooting wide open threes, he would start to drive and kick. He's like, I'll just drive and kick because oh, I don't have confidence. And Sham- I saw that with Utah. And yeah, Sham it too. And yes. I was just like, uh, <laughs> John Tran. Yuta the whatever. Yuta the whatever. <laughs> you know, I, he ended with a total of seven minutes, but uh, some of that was in trash time. He had his actual, he played three minutes and 21 seconds of actual play out there, was a negative seven. Uh, zero points, zero assists, zero rebounds uh, in that initial time that he played out there. You know, he did end with two points. I did miss his, his the two points that Yuta Montanabi made, but I just wanted to say, yeah, and, and I'm with Crazy Luigi in here. I wish he would gain his confidence back. Like, Yuta Wananabe is one of those things that we were so excited for in this offseason. As we start to talk about the trade deadline and some of the things that the, the team needs to address, having somebody like Yuta Wananabe be productive to come out and just go two. I don't care if he goes two of four, two of five from beyond the arc, but hit those two three-pointers. That's big. Those are big points coming off the bench. And his confidence is gone, as is his ability to know where the fuck he's supposed to be on the court. Yeah, you just need a little bit from him. Not too much. We're not asking too much. And um, the driving kick thing. Like, yeah. he had a wide open lane to the... Someone was on him on his side, but it was a better shot to take towards the rim. Yes. But he kicked it back out to Eubanks for a corner uh-huh. three. Yeah. You know, Eubanks did that that one game where he took away from Grayson Allen when Grayson Allen was going to have 10. I know. But still, it's like, those are the ways to gain confidence to get to the rim. Just listen to EJ. EJ says it all the time. Get to the rim. Young guns. Come on, little you little whippersnappers. <laughs> uh, you were hanging out in Dallas tonight, weren't you? I was. Oh, this has got to be interesting. Ladies and gentlemen, the subreddit stakeout. The Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. Shit. Hold on. Okay, I'm, I'm ready to go, dude. What was the delay? <laughs> My lighting, dude. 
Yeah, I saw your lighting kind of cool. flicker. Cool. Yeah, yeah. So I got the strobe light going on. I don't know if you can yeah. even see it at all. <laughs> and Not I was thinking, really. and I was thinking, I'm like, I'm Elvis, and you get to be Batman. Like, how did that happen? So I don't. Yeah, we we gave up on just doing disguises. Now we, we just, just picked our... a character and we <laughs> yeah. go. And we go. Somebody, it's a lot I, cheaper. I, I, this, I somebody in the uh, in the comments on YouTube is like, you should just do a whole fucking show as. I know. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Well, the Batman obviously is fucking great. Like, I, I, if I miss a pod, that's the one thing I go back and watch for sure. Well, Lazy (laughs) Squatch, Lazy Squatch in the chat says, "I hope uh, Matthew puts a little effort in this." Oh, I wish I could. I don't know. It's kind of hard. I'm all over the place when I talk about this. I always sound like Dolly Parton or somebody. I don't know. That's the best when you do the Elvis into Dolly. But, but tell us, you know, Dallas, you're out there in Texas. What was going on in Texas tonight? Yeah. <laughs> oh. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I was gonna do for effect was just have some music in the background, like the uh, just some. Alright, anyways. Well, Luca, hold on. Let's see here. Uh, they do have background music. Do they? Oh see. yeah, they do. Huh? Oh, oh, here's one. Check this out. All right. <laughs> Fucking Boyd, dude. <laughs> that's Boyd. That's Boyd, ladies and gentlemen. In case, in case you don't know, that's... I'm all like. Oh, I can't wait. So you just to do that the whole time? Just keep doing farts? There you go. There's some right. background music. Yeah, I guess that kind of fits. Luca fucking hates the Suns. Ha ha ha. So this is all in the beginning, right? Luca fucking hates the Suns. You just trying to do his job and got assigned to Luca. <laughs> Yuda was guarding Luca, dude. Yuda guarding Luca, laugh my ass off. Just chains of that going down. Just what is going on? For three minutes, he was in the game guarding Luca. Poor KD, lol. Sons outside of him are completely shook. Yeah, uh-huh. they were. And I yeah. know come back to bite him. Yeah. Luca just casually chatting with the ref on the final possession of the first half. Oh, he was just <laughs> casually chatting. He was yeah, casually just... chatting so much that he got a fucking technical and the second half started with Devin Booker making a, a technical free throw. That's how much <laughs> casual chatting Luca was doing with the fucking referees at halftime. Do you think that Luca at halftime, instead of going in and hanging out with his team, he goes into the ref's locker room? Mm-hmm. You know, he like hangs out at a chair in there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the rest of his team looks around. They go, where is he? (laughs) Yeah, I can already see you, dude. Criffy Crawley, where is she? Where is she? Yeah, Yeah, that sounded kind of weird. All right, let's get through this, guys. DJJ is trolling. Sit his ass. Yep. How the fuck did these idiots not secure the ball? God damn, I hate this mid-team. And I like that one because the Mavericks are a mid-team. They, they just are. definitely are, and that's what sucks to be a Mavericks fan. There's a pants shitting team that I know. Oh wait, that, no, hold on, let me say that. There's the pat. <laughs> I can't say pants shitting. There's the pants shitting team I know, and that's all I had, dude. I'm really sorry. I should have had more. This was. I, I thought there'd be some some shit talking going on. So let's. There just probably crank was, it up. but then I honestly, like, I started to to do that article, and I was watching, taking notes, and then I just kind of forgot about subreddit. So there you go. Next week, Batman. Our next game, Batman. <laughs> the Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. Anything else that you had in your notes, Matthew? Uh, let me take a quick look, actually. Oh. No. And, you know, I always think about that every time you're going to ask. I'm like, I bet you I have this. Nope, I, shit, but, uh, we talked so about here's one thing I noticed before we go to Jamstar, talk about the next game, and I want to talk just briefly about Miles Bridges because that's setting the fucking world on fire. Uh, 
much smarter on outlet passes. This is something that I noted probably about 10 to 12 games ago where the Suns were turning the ball over with regularity. And a big part of it is teams that started to scout them and say, Hey, after they throw the ball in, they instantly throw it to somebody else. And if you just hang back, you can jump passes. And there's about four and it happened against the Mavericks. When we played the Mavericks, I distinctly remember them doing just that getting free points off just mundane, lazy passes. And there's about three or four times tonight where I saw the Mavs trying that. And like they do it when like the Suns would inbound the ball to Josh Kogi. And then Josh Kogi would turn and then he would try to throw it to KD. And here he'd pump fake and then they would jump it and then he'd pass over them and then like start the possession faster. So I just wanted to note that because I thought that that was a great uh, adjustment again that Frank Vogel's made to say, hey guys, stop being so predictable in the way that you just simply inbound the ball. So. That's the only other thing I had in my notes. <laughs> okay, that's good. Um, I was just I was reading the comments. Oh. Zero effort from Lazy Squatch. Oh, oh mid mid effort tonight. Saw you know <laughs> there was no effort before Batman. I don't think, but I have to live up to it. Sorry. Jam star of the game. All right, Jamsters, a reminder, subscribe, rate, and review. As our good buddy, the Suns Geek, says, Hulk, smash that like button. And let us know in the chat who your jam star of the game is. Uh, I think it's your turn to go first. So I'm going to do Devin Booger. I think I'm going to put Booger as well. Let's do Booger. Yeah, it's definitely Booger. 46 points tonight, 23 <laughs> fucking shots. I mean, I'll be surprised if I, if I read anything uh, different. Let's see. Lazy Squatch says, don't feel bad, Matthew. So there you go. Too Crazy late. Luigi, easily too late. Matthew's going to have to talk about it to his therapist. Uh, he's like, I'm being bullied <laughs> well, online into doing, into doing Elvis impressions. Ooh, what am I supposed to be, Superman or something? That's not fun. Yeah, Superman doesn't have a voice. Dude. Well, I, you know, Jamsters, you guys can say it. Just do you want John to do subreddit all the time? No, I'm just, I have to do I'm subreddit all the time. <laughs> It's nice to watch a game and not have to like scroll through their subreddit and see the toxic toxicness that I'm lives kidding. on there. Uh, Crazy I'm Luigi, easily Devin, Nathaniel, Doris. I haven't seen you in a while, Nathaniel. Or maybe I just haven't noticed you. Book it. Uh, one BDB from Saul. Luka's, Luka Doncic's father from Hunt Start 05. John Tran says Booker is my jam star. Big Nurk honorable mention for bringing the energy and stopping the Mavs bullshit. Maya, shout out to Maya, giving up to D Book tonight. Uh, D book only him from David Ray Nurkic from Coda Kid Grant Williams from Plays Megatron I like that refs also from Na- uh, Nathaniel Lazy Squatch gives it to Booker book from Lee Beal was a download star from Pedro Lucas Ankle from Metal Mike Big Dong Devin from CL Oracle enormous penis booker from <laughs> what have we done here so, yeah clearly it's devin booker so uh just a reminder to creepy crawly that yes we are live because he's asking in the chat if he said hang on are we live um because you just those aussies never know if they're live or not so how are we supposed to know so <laughs> yeah it's it's devin booker easily 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 Next up for the Suns, as I mentioned before, they're playing the Indiana Pacers, a team. Oh, and real quick, I do want to say that this win is big because had the Suns lost this game, they're tied in the standings with the Mavs. They win this game. They're now two games ahead of them. The Suns are in fifth place, 26 and 18, tied with the Pelicans. 
Then the Sacramento Kings are 24 and 18. And then the Mavs are now 24 and 20 and have lost uh, three. And I think four of their last six. So next up is the Indiana Pacers. Okay. The team that the Phoenix Suns just saw a team that like the Mavericks are now are 24 and 20 and will be without Tyrese Halliburton, a team that is athletic and is going to try to run. I mean, this it's a team that scores and even, even without Tyrese Halliburton. I think with Tyrese Halliburton, this team scores like 126 points. Without him, it's like 116. They're still going to try to put up points, so they are going to test you. So thoughts on that game starts, I believe, at 5 o'clock Arizona time on Friday. Get out of work early that day. Yeah, I know, right? Miss the first half? Yeah. Well, maybe it'll be a good day and everyone gets out early. We'll see. Uh, yeah, it sucks. I, Tyrese is I go in early. <laughs> oh, see, yeah, I go in late and stay later. So, no, well, I, an, I go I'm in early. at 9. Yeah. Um. Suns bench revenge game. Yeah, well, no, I just the Suns bench. Just show them who's actually the best bench in the NBA. Yeah, and let it be the Pacers. Let it be the Suns. Don't score zero points. Don't don't play sixteen minutes to score zero points. Yeah, get some points from the bench. Yeah, let's do it. Let's get fifty. I, I, let's I get agree. fifty fucking points. That'd be fucking great. Have that team go out there and show them what's up. Hoping for a win expecting to win i'll just leave it at that yeah all right last thing i want to talk about we got about five minutes four minutes left on the pod miles bridges so obviously the suns their name has been linked to miles bridges a ton uh charlotte hornets obviously for those of you who don't know miles bridges is the guy who sun or uh, national tv announcers were calling mikhail bridges for the, his first like three years of his career they're like, oh, Devin Booker passes Miles Bridges. And it's like, no, it's fucking McHale. And now we hear Bridges being le- le- leaked, linked to the Suns once again. And there's a lot of feelings that are out there in the the Twitter sphere and world. And it's going to be interesting to see kind of what happens because Miles Bridges making, I think, $7.4 million. He's an unrestricted free agent. The Hornets signed him to a one-year deal after he was suspended all of one season after an altercation with his girlfriend, he's three years of probation. He's got a court date coming up uh, on the 20th. I mean, there's just bad news written all over this guy from a personal standpoint. Yeah. From a basketball standpoint, he's kind of exactly what the Suns could utilize when we talk about an athletic wing. I still think a point guard would serve us best, but there's not a lot out there on the market. He's averaging 20.9 points. He's averaging seven rebounds. He's he's six foot seven. He's a high energy guy, maybe a little too high energy. He fucking punches people or whatnot. Uh, throws fucking. What did I read? One of the reports is like he was throwing shit at somebody's car, like uh, 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 pool balls at somebody's car. I mean, the guy's just. But as as crazy Luigi says in the chat, he's the Michigan State Spartan, which is where Matt Ishbia is an alum from. So, what are your thoughts on Miles Bridges? I don't know. It sucks because I think he'd be a good fit. Um, do you want to Jerry Jones it? Just sign these players that beat everybody up off the court? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. you could. Um, he is still in the league. He has to play for a team. Will it be Phoenix? Probably. I don't think it... The thing is, it's, I don't think it, the fans, of course, it would be bad. Yes. The players, the chemistry, all that, it wouldn't disrupt it, I don't think. But it would be a bad look for the Suns, obviously. But other than that, I think the, f- the players, everything would mesh really well. It's tough because obviously domestic violence is somebody that no one condones. Yeah. Uh, variant. Like to this day, I was talking to one of my buddies probably about a month and a half ago, and we're talking about the top five point guards in all time history of the Phoenix Suns. And Jason Kidd's low on my list. 
And he's like, well, why? I'm like, he's like, he was really good here. I'm like, well, he was, he wasn't here a, t- a long time. He was good here, but like he, he punched his wife, man. Like I just can't condone that stuff. Yeah. So personally that knocks them down a, a peg in my book, but from a basketball standpoint, and here's the other side of this, right? I'm not the judge and the jury. There's three sides to every story, right? There's his side, there's his woman's side, and there's the truth. And we have processes that are designed to analyze those things and find what the truth is and then provide justice based on what the truth is in the eyes of the law. And if he goes through that due process and he served his time for the crime and the NBA suspended him entire season for it as they were investigating it, you know, who am I to sit there and be like, well, his morality, you know, maybe he did learn. I can't, you know, from personal, personal, person to person level, I can't sit there and truly understand and judge what he did. Cause I don't, I wasn't there. I don't know. I'm, you know, I, I know as much as everybody who's watching this podcast or listening to it or, or reading bright side or things of that nature. I know that those kind of players typically I don't like uh, the ones who have the off the court issues just as a personal level. But if this is purely a basketball decision, it's a no brainer to get him. It goes back to like the Barry Bonds things, right? Like everyone's like Barry Bonds is an asshole. I'm like, yeah, but that guy fucking got the best eye I've ever seen in baseball. And I don't watch him to say, to see what kind of, human being he is I, I sit there and i watch and i pay to see his his baseball skills the same thing with basketball so it's kind of this moral dilemma where a lot of people are really kind of paying their foot in the grounds like well a, a signing to miles bridges says you condone domestic violence and i just don't know if it's that clear of an issue so you know whatever you're feeling uh about it as, as a listener it, that's right that's whatever you're feeling is the right answer uh, because that's what you feel, and that's what your reality is. The Suns, they're going to do what they're going to do. And you got to determine, like, if it's, if you feel that bringing Miles Bridges here is something that is going to affect your fandom, then, I mean, that's the right decision for you. And just know that it's not going to be the right decision for all. I just, you know, yeah, uh, I know. <clears throat> it's always a tough thing to talk about. It but, is. Um, I honestly think, well... I'm here to talk about Booker's dick, not like... Yeah, I know, no, exactly. Let's get straight to the point. Um, <laughs> let's see it. I, I think stub. that God, one day we'll see it. Oh, Shut up. Oh, sorry, we're over an hour. So um no, I was just gonna say really quick though. I think um the signing, if it were to happen, obviously he's the best player for the cheapest price, I feel like. You know what I mean? So obviously any contending team wants to get him. So I mean, do you want another team to get him that we're gonna contend against? I'll tell you what, he'll be a Laker if we don't get him. Yeah, so if you look at it that way, it'd be tough, but uh, I don't even know what to say about this. All Just I'll say win a championship, sons. All I'll say I don't know. So, so hey, look, so says Jay says, well said though. And I hope you're talking to me because he's a lawyer, so he gets it. Uh it's a tough subject. Uh, real quick, Joey says in the chat, Darth Lowry. I don't think the Suns can get Lowry. I think he wakes up. Lowry? Yeah, he got traded to the Hornets in the Terry Rozier yeah. trade. And if they waive him, he becomes available. True. But he makes more it's than the 12.4 league average. And seeing as we're a second apron team, we can't sign buyout guys over 12.4. That's one of the kickers of being a second second apron team. So that being said, if Miles Bridges happens, it happens. And from there, we watch, we wait, we react. And then we carry on because ultimately, no matter what your personal feelings are, you're not going to have anything to do with what that final decision is. You just have to accept it, uh, it whether you like it or not. Uh, and I, again, do a, from a basketball sense, I think it makes sense. From a personal sense, the guy's kind of a piece of shit. So I just, I don't know where to, to end on that one. But I will end the podcast. <laughs> are we through that yet? Yeah, we're I done. We just had to put it out there. I, yeah. I'll give you my true feelings after the pod. I'm just kidding. Okay. Okay. Uh, 
I'll make sure that we're still recording. I'll tell you that we stopped. (laughs) (laughs) But that being said, Jamsters, Suns win, fucking smacking the Mavs. It's a good night. It's a great night. We all feel good. So go to bed feeling good. If you're hearing about this tomorrow, wake up and have a make it a great day. Subscribe, rate, review. We'll be here Friday early, seeing as it is. You know, that's the nice thing about those East Coast games, man. Like, we're done at, like, you know, 8 o'clock our time. Love it. Uh, tell everyone what they need to do. Go home and love your family, please. Let's go. Where is she? Oh, there she is. Sound like a shitty pirate. Batman, like a, like a nerdy pirate. Well, let me tell you what I really think about Miles. Bruce. <laughs> Are we still live? What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.